Discontinued on display. Discontinued on display. Can we swing from a web? No, we can't. We don't have the insurance. Look out for discontinued on display. All the weirdos are in the podcast studio tonight. Yeah, did you just see me wave when you said hello? <laughs> I made an acting choice today. Well, you know, um, I mean, we, we can see each other. It's normal for us to interact with each other and on the video. So, um, yes, we are we are back. Uh, uh, I have to apologize to the listeners. Um, uh, Thursday came and gone. About Thursday at three o'clock at work, I went. Oh, I didn't upload the podcast. <laughs> so sorry. You didn't Rebecca... upload the podcast. Yeah, sorry that Rebecca was a day late. It's all uploaded now. Like it, it's good. Um, you know what? To be fair, I definitely didn't do social media for it. That's fine. We're, you know, we're just, we're thriving in terms of, well, so it was fine. It, everything was fine. Um, it, I had a weird week. I, I had some training at work Tuesday and Wednesday. And so it was odd. It was off. And yeah, about three o'clock on, on Thursday, afternoon i was like ah shoot i need to do that when i get home <laughs> so we i you know this season has kind of been a it's it's a like this sad i don't want to say the sad thing i'm gonna say the sad thing the sad thing is is this is a real not that the other seasons weren't but like this is a very fun season to me oh. but it's also the one that we just lost all control over like yes. we started recording late we were missing posting things including the episode like we, it's gone <laughs> it's gone haywire you know, it's life is busy, so you're, I mean, I, I'm people will bear with us. People are very forgiving. Well, um, I know they'll bear with us, but will they giraffe with us? Giraffe? Um, I mean, maybe not. Uh, speaking of animals that like possibly could mesh with humans, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> great transition. Great transition. Um, uh, I'm so good at segues. We are talking about one of uh, my favorite topics. To just talk about in general is spider-man turn off the dark i don't think we could have finished this season without doing spider-man turn off the dark just because of what a marvel fan you are and frankly what a tom holland fan i am even though tom holland is not in this musical there's there's very little of the dna of spider-man in this musical to be honest with you which is fascinating this this is this is very very strange because they brought in one of the marvel comic writers to fix it yeah 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 so first of all we have to set like what this musical is um so spider-man turn off the dark is a musical where music and lyrics are by bono and the edge why not so um, that was a big headline. Like if you look at the billboards and stuff like that, like Bono, his name was was uh, very much in in big letters. That was kind of the big thing. It was Spider Man, and then Bono wrote the music. And you know I, I why would... Bono wrote the music, right? Why did you see that? No, so, I did not. 
in my research, what I found is part of the reason that this happened was because Andrew Lloyd Webber had made a comment about, like, thank gosh all the rock musicians have left it alone, and, like, I'm the only rock opera person in the <laughs> industry. And then, like, rock, like, musicians were like, here I come for you, Andrew Lloyd Webber. And, uh, Bono, and, and Bono entered the arena. Yes. So this this very much has... It's it's even more rocky than what Andrew Lloyd Webber is, in my opinion. Like, listening to this soundtrack, man, it is a... Uh, it's all over the place. It's all over the place. Like, um, we, we, we kind of took Love Never Dies to task, but it was consistent. I think yes. one song I went, what was that? I can't remember. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know I talked about it. When we first, when we did Love Never Dies, I was like, I was listening, and then all of a sudden, I was like, what is in my ear? Like, there was like a rock, like a hard rock number out of left field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think is what it was. And so I, I'm listening to, like, I don't think I listened to the soundtrack in order when I listened no. to Turn Off it's the Dark. It's hard to find, like, a lot of stuff on this. Like, in order, like, well done yeah. stuff. Like, it, it's kind of sporadic. So I was listening to, like, as many songs as I could find in a consecutive playlist and i was like the first song i was like oh that's not that bad and then all of a sudden the next song came out and i was like that's not the same style like we've jumped we've jumped genres like there was hard rock there was musical theater there were love ballads there was hard rock i was like oh techno yes there was a techno number yeah yeah that happened um so might as well and uh you know it's it the, the big thing that this probably is known for is it's many um, troubles and uh, tribulations. Uh, not as exciting as the ones with Rebecca. The FBI, I don't think, was involved in oh, this one. I don't know, Matt. I would say that this is just as exciting, just in a different branch of the excitement tree. Yes, yes, very much. Um, it, it, it Definitely. Um, and I, I do want to say that um, it, it actually did make it to Broadway. It opened it on June 14th in 2011. Took a while. It took but it a while. Got there. Um, and the interesting thing, it, at the time, it had set the record for the longest preview period in Broadway history with 182 performances, which I think is wild. It also but, has the record for being the most expensive Broadway musical ever at $75 million to produce. Yes. Um, and it, it pretty much suffered a massive financial. Oh, yeah. I think, they only ever, I think they only ever made back 25. Yeah. Like it was, yeah, not great. Nope, not no, great. And no, it no. also came out in the same time that Wicked came out. And um, Wicked is a, uh, maybe a hot take here, a much better musical than Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other thing I find interesting is that this, and I can't fathom that you and like Casey haven't talked about this at some point on Beers and Ears, but Turn Off the Dark was getting ready to jump into previews or had started previews right when Disney purchased Spider-Man from Sony. Um, and that's being a specific thing I'm sure you have talked about is like Disney randomly starting to acquire parts of Marvel yeah. over time. Um, and Disney was like, yeah, we want nothing to do with that. You, you finish that on your own. I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole. And the other big irony is the woman, one of the woman who directed and wrote the initial script directed Lion King on Broadway, like the original Broadway production of Lion King. Which is fabulous, like absolutely fabulous. And, and then and think, she wrote this. Yeah, it's and and it's 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 a combination. It's a perfect storm of everything. Like it's the writing, 
and it's the costuming, which we'll get into more later. It's the the musical like yeah. choices. Um, like it, it's 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 a little bit of everything. And so, can, um, can you explain to them? Because you'll do it better than me. Because I would love to hear how does this vary from the the canon story of Spider Man. I understand that it's a vast. Like, there's several different origin stories to Spider-Man, but, like, can you walk them through the plot of this musical and also explain where where did they veer so drastically? Oh, it, it veers drastically in, in very much ways. But it does have, it does have a very um, uh, 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 recognizable Spider-Man plot. So uh, I'm just going to give a brief overview and then I'll get some more details. So, I mean, it's Peter Parker. He's a student at Midtown High in Queens. Um, you know, he gets bit by the radioactive spider when he's when he's um, uh, uh, touring the Osborne labs and he gets Spider-Man powers. And J. Jonah Jameson is is a part of this. And then Norman Osborne, you know, he, he's pressured to uh, to d- to deliver this huge research project. And he turns himself from the Green Goblin and then. Uh, you know, Spider-Man and Mary Jane get together, but Spider-Man is like, oh no, Mary Jane, I don't want to, you know, the, the villains to get after her. And so the culmination is the Green Goblin has captured Mary Jane and Spider-Man has to defeat him. That overall, overarching, that is the umbrella of what this is. And that uh-huh. that's a Spider-Man plot. Like, you know, you've got the Uncle Ben in there too. Great power comes great responsibility. But then you have some very odd things that happen in there. And the first being the presence of the character Arachne. Because the musical starts with Peter Parker giving a book report on Arachne. Now, for those of you that are unfamiliar with this, this is an ancient Greek, uh, uh, this is a Greek mythology story. And this is uh, just as normal Greek mythology, just fabulous. So uh, 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 Arachne is the daughter of Idmon. He, uh, she challenges Minerva, the goddess of wisdom and crafts, to a weaving contest. <laughs> I cannot think of a better title than "I'm the goddess of wisdom and crafts." <laughs> just, just great. I like to picture that she has a glue gun and popsicle yeah. sticks. <laughs> like that's what her Minerva I know carries a spear, and I like to think that that's what the spear is made out of. Like, yeah. laboriously hot glued popsicle sticks. Yeah, it's it's well crafted. So. Minerva can find no flaws in the tapestry that Arachne had woven for the contest. And so the goddess becomes enraged and beats the girl with her shuttle. (laughs) Afterwards, Arachne hangs herself out of shame and she was transformed into a spider. And that's where we get spiders from. So that, yes, and that's where spiders come from. So Arachne is there. And you might think, oh, well, that's interesting that he was just giving a book report on this. Oh, no, no, no. Arachne is a character of in this. So like um he like Uncle Ben dies and then Arachne who has been watching over Peter encourages him to use his gift to defend the innocent from evil. So like you've got the Spider-Man going on, but imagine you have like a spider myth Greek god just like there as well. So like I can almost almost see why they went that route because they were going to tell like the way that she writes the story or the script is so that it has a classic greek storytelling style to it where there's a greek chorus guiding and narrating made up of students from the high school which i think is honestly a kind of a brilliant choice like i like that choice um i love modernizing a greek chorus in theater 
I think it's very fun. I think it's a smart choice. But then, in case you didn't get the metaphor, we're just going to cram it down your oh, throat. Yeah. Let's cram it down your throat. Let's have some ballads. Just have her sing some ballads. She sings the, the you know, Turn Off the Dark. There's a song called Turn Off the Dark. She sings a very lovely ballad for Peter about, you know, I don't, it's, it's, it's like the, uh, you know, he has to, Spider-Man, Peter Parker's like, no, I don't want to be Spider-Man. And Arachne's like, it's your responsibility. Turn off the, you know, all, you know she's. Oh, I was excited. I thought you were going to sing the ballad. Oh, I've, uh, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm going to do some singing. Um, so, uh, uh, so it, it's, it's this, I, I think what gets me about it though, is I like it from a theater perspective, but the, the overarching question that I have of Spider-Man turn off the dark is who is this for? Because if you are a Spider-Man fan, you walk in and you're probably pretty confused about some of the choices that they've made. And I'll, we'll get into more of those choices in just a minute. It, 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 like some characters, some character choices and things like that. Yeah. And then, then if you're a musical fan, are you going to go hear this like really campy rock musical that stars Spider-Man when like that, that's so I, I question like, okay, who, who were you trying to like get, get in on this? I like this for to me partially. It's like, <clears throat> I think it's more to do with the acrobatics of the time that I think is what the draw is supposed to be. It's supposed to like, cause in the description, they're like, it's a rock circus opera play musical thing. And I was like, okay. And I couldn't understand why they kept saying circus. And then I realized they were referring to like Cirque du Soleil. And like, it's supposed to be like a Cirque du Soleil with a, a plot that would catch anyone. And I think it's supposed to be that concept of, Oh, I'm going to bring my nine year old who loves Spider-Man to the, to Broadway to see Spider-Man actually swing over his head. Like, I feel like that's the audience they're trying to capture. I mean, I will say. The only one I can make sense of. No, I I, I agree with you on that, that very much the draw of this show was the acrobatics because famously Spider-Man is, uh, is uh, swinging from, you know, the rooftops. That's a big thing that Spider-Man does in Spider-Man movies and games and other stuff like that. Like that's a, a big scene in the movies where like he learns how to swing and that's the like big set pieces and things like that. But uh, here's the thing with the movies is the movies can like, you know, CGI things or in terms of the, you know, in terms of now the Disney parks, they have stunt tronics that they can just, you know, fling up a robot of spider-man and it can fling all around and then crash and nobody gets hurt is that how they do that at universal that's a robot no it's so in avengers campus now um at there's a there's a spider-man show yeah and he like you know so it's a real actor that's doing like okay i'm gonna go and swing and then he ducks behind something and they fling this robot and it looks exactly like spider-man it does the like spider-man swings but it's it's a it's a robot it's it's brilliant. That's terrifying. We've it, gone too cool, far. What's cool about it is, what, like, I'm thinking about it. Sorry, I'm going to go on a tangent here. I'm thinking about it from a, a like a theme park perspective. Is you could have now people, you could have aerial things happening, 
and you're not running the risk of like hurting people. So like, how cool would it be to be in Fantasyland and all of a sudden Peter Pan flies flies across, and or you're in Star Wars Land and Boba Fett or the Mandalorian fly across, or a man, you know, something else does that. Where you can do stuff like that, and you're not running the risk of hurting somebody. <laughs> so, you know that that's big draw is the is the swinging, and and that was the main problem of uh, of this is that uh a lot of people got injured like a, like a lot <laughs> yeah um i thought someone had died i remember someone saying someone had died um which isn't true someone should have died spider-man specifically should have died um during one of the preview performances it's i think this is at the end of the show i think this is part of the climax from what I read of the plot and what I watched on YouTube because you can watch it. <laughs> and I almost did it. I almost didn't have the, the, it felt wrong, but I did it for the pod. And, um, we did it for you. We did it. I did this for you. And, um, Mary Jane gets dropped off of the building yeah. that they're on. Also, can we real fast just pin in the accident? The whole climax of this musical is that Green Goblin captures, ties up Mary Jane, hangs her from, I believe it's the Chrysler building. Yes, the Chrysler building. And is waiting for Spider-Man atop said Chrysler building with a grand piano. Yeah, with a piano. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> and the way that Spider-Man defeats him is he webs him to the piano and Green Goblin accidentally or in frustration or something throws or kicks the piano over the building and he goes with it. Yeah, he does not realize that he is webbed. He thrusts the piano over the side of the Chrysler building, Chrysler building, taking him down to his death. I it's that's the weirdest choice they could have made. <laughs> I love that it's are. a piano. <laughs> so at some point during this, Mary Jane gets released and Spider-Man has to save her. And she gets released in slow-mo. So she's like slowly descending 20, 30 feet from the air towards the stage and spider-man has a safety wire wrapped around his waist and he's supposed to throw himself off and catch her and i can't tell you matt if he was supposed to go in slow-mo if he was supposed to go in real time how he's supposed to do it it doesn't matter because as he throws himself off the platform the rope breaks and he goes plummeting 30 feet into the orchestra pit where he breaks several vertebrae and all these other bones in his body and really should be dead He's not, yeah. thankfully. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, in my research, I agree with you. Again, that I, that was the big, like, you know, rumors, like, someone died. And I don't, I do not believe, I did not find any reports that said anybody no. died. Everyone got them. hurt. Like, Mary yeah. Jane got hurt. Ar Arachne got hurt. Spider-Man got, several Spider-Mans got hurt. Yes. My, someone my favorite, broke both of his wrists. Yeah, wrists, toes, um, like, concussions. I, my favorite story here, um, so, um, uh, let's see, da, 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 da. but everything, so everything was going relatively smoothly until the last seconds before the interval. So this, uh, this person is saying, um, then there was a flourish when Spider-Man flies off through the audience towards the balcony. And for some reason he stopped. And so you have Spider-Man dangling seven feet above the first two rows which is in the worst possible spot because no one can reach him. 
So one of the crew members has to fetch a stick to prod him with. <laughs> and the quote that I love is, it was like a live Spider-Man pinata. <laughs> so there's just a Spider-Man like dangling above the first two rows and no one, like again, perfect spot. No one can get him. So someone has to get a stick and like prod the Spider-Man. I, this just, I cannot imagine witnessing this. And the, the funny thing is, um, uh, it, it became so synonymous that like the onion put out a, a, uh, a, a headline that was uh bomb detonates during rehearsal for Spider-Man, the musical. So like this was synonymous with just disaster happening that even the onion got involved. Um, so yeah, lots of, um, I mean, what, what made me laugh the most was, and I'm assuming Disney owned them at this point, but ABC did a whole article about the seven things that are wrong with Spider-Man. Turn off the dark. And I'm like, you're the same company. Now, see, Spider-Man was still like with Sony. Like there's some weird stuff with Spider-Man. But Disney had just bought it. Like, and they were like, we're owning this now. I'm not owning the musical, but I own the rights. Yeah. Um, You know, tomato, tomato. Um, (laughs) And, you know, you you mentioned this, that... um, uh the it was written and then previewed and it was panned trashed and they fired the director so they fired the director and they bring in a spider-man comic writer to um to fix the script yes and i mean again overall it it very like if you just read the general story it it feels like a spider-man movie but uh um it, uh, it, it still just doesn't, doesn't quite land. Um, it, I, I don't know. Like, and, and so it just, the, the critics hate it. So I, I have to read some of these quotes cause they're oh, please do. Um, uh, one, uh, Hadley Freeman and the guardian called the show baffling in its ineptitude. Um, the music was deadening in its mediocrity, tuneless and forgettable. Uh, ben Brantley in the New York Times agreed that the song, he said, blurred into a sustained electronic twang of varying volumes like a persistent headache. And then another guy, the Los Angeles Times, uh, uh, see, his summary was, incoherence isn't much fun to sit through. <laughs> I love that one. Uh, so it's, uh, it, it, it gets absolutely panned. Now it does, you know, people people go and see it because I do think that, when something is so bad and has been such a train wreck, people do come out initially to see something like that. It just does not have the sustaining power. And so that's what happened is this ran and then just, it didn't have the sustaining power of it all. Yeah. It was just, just absolutely panned. And now I I would be hard pressed to find anyone that is doing, uh, Spider-Man, the, musical yeah Turn off I, the dark no okay did you watch the video so the one of the things that i said did you watch the david letterman performance of a freak like me needs company no okay so yes uh so in order to promote this musical <clears throat> the cast of spider-man turn off the dark went on the david letterman late night show and 
performed a freak like me needs company. This is pro- this is great TV. This this is excellent TV. There's so much happening. So first of all, I have to describe this song to you because the Green Goblin has a little bit of like fourth wall break in him, uh, like his character throughout the musical, not just in this in this move in this uh, musical number, but throughout he's kind of like the talking to the audience. Is this song in the musical? Yeah, it's a freak like me needs company. Oh my god! And so I it missed- starts with like, okay. uh, hello New York. Uh, this place, this place was surprisingly easy to break into. And this is all where I get into the costuming choices. So you have the Green Goblin, who looks great. Like, let me, let me, I, I think the Green Goblin, they did a nice job on. But he's surrounded by glow-in-the-dark hip-hop dancers. And oh. so they have, like, you know, like, ha- cool hats on that are turned to the side and uh, other neon clothes, and they're, like, doing hip-hop moves. And he's not doing any hip-hop moves. He's just, like, sauntering around, like, I'm a $65 million tragedy. More like $75 million, am I right? Um, and uh, then... Does he make that joke? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, yeah, he commentates it all. So then, then uh, the whole so course... he is- throws shade at his own show? No, no, he's he's saying he's saying that he's richer than more rich than That's uh, not how I interpreted that. So because again, the the Norman Osborne, he he tries to do the experiment on himself and yeah. he turns himself in the Green Goblin. That's the tragedy, not No, I know, but when it's you It's very said ironic, 60, I hear you. <laughs> Cuz it costs 75 to do the show. Yeah, this is before it's been a that tragedy has happened. And so then the, the culminating thing is all the weirdos in the world are here right now in New York City. All. So, it, yeah, that's the whole chorus. Um, and so you got like hip hop dancers. And then my favorite part of this is because this is a late night show. Obviously, this is being done in a very tight space in a studio audience. And the studio audiences are clear. Look, anytime you go to a late night show or anything like that the studio audience has to like look engaged and like they're having a good time. Otherwise it's, you know, it's strange. So they're all like robotically clapping along to this song. It's very fun. Um, So then it gets to my favorite part of this whole thing where he introduces the sinister six. Now, if you are a Spider-Man fan, you're thinking, Oh, the sinister six. I'm really excited about this. Well, I guarantee you, if I give you 500 guesses of who is in the Sinister Six, you would not be able to guess the correct Sinister Six. So he goes through and he makes some great jokes about them. So I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to try to see if I can remember all of them. So first of all, he's like, he's made entirely of mutant bees. I like the buzz around this guy. It's Spore. And, and you have like this person with like bungee bees all around him in a bee suit. Is that the uh, gif you sent me? Oh, so so the gif I sent you is not too far off of what these costumes look like. Those are definitely not like what these costumes look like, but they're not far Bring off. This up. And next is the lizard. Oh yeah, you just need it. Freak like Media's company, David Letterman. Um, and and David Letterman ends it with with a great line too, which we'll, I'll get to. I'm walking you through this because this is so great. Yes, yes. Then the lizard comes in. Now this is where I question the costuming because the lizard is famously it is Dr. Kirk Connors who then turns into a giant lizard. Well, this one is uh, 
It's a blow-up lizard that is coming out of the stomach and out the back of this, like, Frankenstein-looking Dr. Kurt Connors. And the inflatable thing is floppy as all get-out. It's like one of those giant T-Rex costumes. And so this this guy is just walking around in this giant lizard thing that's just, like, flopping around back and forth. And, of course, the Green Goblin has a great pun for that. He's a cold-blooded killer, the lizard! Um, okay, then we get... Wait, is uh, there a lizard? A- I, thought there was, I thought there was, like, a Doc Croc, or am I getting... My uh, character. Uh, uh, that's uh, the crocodile. Is that's DC? Yeah, Killer okay. crocodile is DC. So then uh, we get to Electro, um, and of course we can't forget about the ladies. So ladies, who loves a human lightning bolt? It's Electro, and it's just like a guy with like fireworks coming out of his head and his hands, like doing like cool. Like he looks like a Power Ranger, and with with stuff coming out of his head. So we got Electro. Um, oh, then we have Craven the Hunter. So. He likes animals, maybe a little too much sometimes. Gross. Um, and you would think, oh, Craven the Hunter is just like a regular guy because Craven the Hunter is a regular guy. No, no, no. He has like a oversized head paper mache mask and a lion that like lifts up out of his chest. It's very strange. Um, and then, oh, then you get Carnage, who is introduced like this. He killed his own grandmother and tortured his mother's dog. He's my kind of guy. To which I go, is that supposed to be funny? Like, am I supposed to laugh at the character that killed his own grandma and tortured a dog? That's, that's not funny. That's, that's dark. Like, yay, murder. (laughs) So yes, Carnage. And the Carnage costume looks like something that a high school, like, had a low budget and had to make a Carnage costume. And then the last one uh, is uh, the Spider-Man character that everyone is familiar with. I, 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 Chris, if you don't know who this is, just get off the pod right now. It is, of course, Swiss Miss, the most famous of all Spider-Man characters. It's been great recording a podcast <laughs> with you. I thought the Swiss Miss was a woman who served hot chocolate. Yes, so that's the that's the thing. If you Google Swiss Miss, the first thing that comes up is hot chocolate. No, this is a knife lady um, who is in the Spider-Man universe. So it's like this, you have this person like with, with blades just like throwing around. And so all these people get introduced and then they sing, you know, a, another chorus. All oh, the weirdos are in town here right now in New York City. Um, so you've got you, you've got all that happening. So then you get to my favorite part. The, the, the musical number ends and then David Letterman gets involved. And so he's like walking through this crowd of performers like, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, where is everybody? How are we doing here? Oh, it's like a party at my mom's house. <laughs> Just... It's it's such great TV and and really gives you like if you want a window into what this musical is. Just watch that four minute clip and you will get an idea of what Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark is. I never need to see that. Oh, it's it is a fabulous four minute watch. Oh, God. And uh, oh, my goodness. It sounds like four minutes. I wouldn't get back. Oh, it's, it's, I've watched it five times in preparing for this podcast because it, it is, it is freaking hilarious. <laughs> First of all, to watch just a late night show, be like, all right. And now from Spider-Man, turn off the dark. 
uh they're gonna you know welcome the welcome back the cast and then you know they're like going through the back and then the bald guy that's the music guy with david letterman he's like jamming with the green goblin and (laughs) i'm surprised you don't know who i can't think of the guy's name but i'm surprised you don't know his name because he's in a disney movie he's in hercules wait the bald guy from yes no yes yes oh god what is his name he he's he's the blue one I, I think he's Hermes. I think he's Hermes. Oh. Oh, that's... Oh, I didn't know this. Is uh, it Hermes? Uh, Paul, Paul Schaefer. Yes. Paul Schaefer. Yes. Okay. Yes, Paul Schaefer. Yes, Paul... He's a Canadian series. Yes, Paul Schaefer. He's, yeah, he's, he's really into it. Um, He just... he He's jamming with the Green Goblin. The Green Goblin is trying to... Uh, um, He's trying to... Uh, um interact with the people in the front row and the people in the front row are just like robotically clapping <laughs> we were told to do this <laughs> like oh yeah we're clapping it's 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 so fantastic it's so great oh my god so that gives you kind of a window into what this musical is so yes the sinister six is compiled of uh swiss miss <laughs> is that a real villain yes yes it's it, if you google swiss miss spider-man like it, it's a it's a real oh. person you can kind of see why is she, why is she made of screwdrivers oh hey you can actually if you go to google images so so if you go to google images on swiss miss spider-man like the fourth one over from the avocado that's that's the swiss miss from uh, spider-man turn off the dark and that's the green goblin next to her yes no i that one i can see why is she called the swiss miss i um, probably Swiss Army knife. I'm assuming. Oh, there it is. Like, like again, again, the most famous of all the Spider-Man villains. Like, of all the Spider-Man, Spider-Man villains are like you, like the Rhino, the Scorpion. Uh, uh, it, like you could have done either of those, and that would have been better. Um, uh, you could have done Doc Ock in some way. You could have like, I, I, I'm curious who was like, you know what we need? Swiss Miss. Um, then you have Carnage in there, Craven the Hunter. Is Alexa. there an actual Sinister Six that? So just... it 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 does change like um it does change, you know here and there, but for the most part, like the original Sinister Six was Doc Ock, Electro, Craven the Hunter, Mysterio, Sandman, and Vulture. Okay, and then it kind of like sometimes will shift where like. Hobgoblin was in was in there instead of Craven one time. Um you, you know, Sandman joins every so often, but for the most part, like you're you're there's a set amount of characters that are like, okay, if you're doing a sinister 6, these are the people that you're probably going to see in them. And and That's they true. do some of them. Like Electro is a a classic sinister 6. Craven the Hunter, classic sinister 6, even the Lizard too. Like those are classic Spider-Man Sinister Six villains, but then they're just like, okay, we're going to throw Carnage in there, which that's one of those like Carnage and his whole comic book origins are not part of the Sinister Six. Um, then you have Spore, the mutant bees man, and then Swiss Miss. And it's like, what, 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 what's going on? Why, why did you choose these characters when again, Scorpion, Rhino, Vulture, these all exist and you could have done them. I, I feel like pretty easily. Did, and then the, the, did other the thing Green Goblin me, actually create them? So yes, in the, in the Spider-Man musical. No, in um, the, in the actual comics. 
In in the actual comics, no, he does not create all these people. Um, but in the musical, he does. Yeah, in the musical, he does. His whole his whole plan is to basically genetically alter every human in New York. And so he does. He he starts this with. Uh, he genetically alters other humans as he did himself. So through his experience on his former employees, he creates Carnage, Electro, Craven, Lizard, Swarm, and Swiss Miss. What? Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm just yeah. going to say okay. Yes. Yes. So I won't question it. Yeah. So this is just absolutely wild. Are um, there any yeah. other glaring like things that are in the musical that aren't? true to spider-man so outside of green goblin creating all the other villains uh arachne existing um green goblin being killed by a falling piano i mean that that feels comic booky enough um yeah but that's not how he dies is it um no he gets stabbed by his own glider which honestly would have been kind of cool on the stage but uh that I don't have as much of a problem with. Like, I don't know, it's just a weird way for a villain to die. Like, oh, I don't realize that I'm attached to the piano and I'm just going to push the piano off. Like, it's not like Spider-Man was on the piano. He just decides to yeet the piano off the Chrysler building. As one does. Yeah, you know, he was done with it. Uh, but otherwise, like, it's 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 pretty okay. Like, again, he has a run-in with Flash, his high school bully... Um, he has a fun thing with Mary Jane. He interacts with J. Jonah Jameson. Um, it just is, it, 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 it just takes some very weird turns. And again, the fact that like Norman Osborn is like a little bit like Deadpool ish where he's like, again, breaking the fourth wall. Like, like he is in the, like, Oh, Hey guys in New York, I'm the green goblin. I'm the 65 million. No more like 75 million guys. I'm really rich. And even, and even like at the end, like he boasts to the audience, like his plan to destroy New York. Like he, he's telling the audience his plan, like the audience is there. And so like, it, it's this weird, like this fourth sounds, wall. This sounds so physically painful, Matt. Yeah. I think if, if I'm going to start a musical, I'm saying this right now, if I'm going to start a musical, it's going to be as the green goblin. And maybe, maybe like I the Green Goblin in Ragtime. I I have a great idea. I hey, New York, get... I'm gonna I'm gonna keep all the immigrants out of the city. Like, <laughs> whoa! That's one I of mean, the plot points of Ragtime. That is one of the plot points of Ragtime. Wow, what, what a or spice! Like, put it, put him in the Music Man. Like, hey, 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 New York, I'm gonna I'm gonna seduce the librarian. <laughs> Hey guys, <laughs> a freak like me needs some company, and it's gonna be the nope. librarian. No, 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 no. Hey, nope. hey librarian. No, nope. I'm a sixty-five million dollar man. Actually, more like seventy-five. <laughs> All right, let me let me introduce you to my friends. <laughs> no, no, no. He this killed a... his own grandma. That's why I hang out with him. Oh, Carnage. God. So eBay, you can still find Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark merchandise on eBay. I'm going to save us from having to hear more of Green Goblin trying to seduce Mary and the librarian. Um, I'm going to do the whole ending in Green Goblin. I know you voice. are. So <laughs> you can buy programs. Uh, there's a lot of the programs. Um, tickets, a keychain, a t-shirt. There was a t-shirt. Uh, the most expensive thing on eBay is a $200 signed poster. But the Who is it signed by? 
I have no clue. <laughs> it says it's signed by the cast of Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, but it doesn't tell me who signed it. It just says the cast. That could be a lot of people because a lot of people are in that musical because a lot of people got hurt. Yeah. So like, and there was only two famous people at any point in Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. So like, if I were to have that poster, I would want the, like Alan Cummings came in and played Green Goblin and um, Reeve Carney, uh, who's famous for uh, Penny Dreadful and um, he's in Town. He was the original... Okay. Um, Orpheus in Hades Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they were at both in it. Um, Reeve Carvey or Carney, whatever his last name is, was Carney. us. Carney, Carney, Reeve Carney was Spider Man. Um, so like, I would want one of their, if not both of their sign- autographs. But well, like, there is one. I, I do see one that that is like a Spider Man Turn Out the Dark photo signed by Reeve Carney. Well, no, like there's a poster, like the the Broadway poster with the whole cast having signed it, but you can't read the cast's autographs because they're squiggles. And in the description of the item, they did not list who signed this poster. So I have no clue who signed it, but $200. Wow. Wow. Okay. So I, I, I have a, I have a, a kind of a future conversation here. So, um, uh, I, I, uh, we talked briefly about Rogers the musical. Correct. And for those of you that are unfamiliar with this, this is a well. When it premiered, this was a fake musical. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, in the in the Disney Plus original series Hawkeye, he goes to New York at Christmas, and in the MCU they have created a musical called Rogers the Musical, and he's he's sitting there watching this musical. Um, and so you know you get a little snippet of it, and it's like, haha, wasn't that hilarious? Well, what they did is then at the mid-credits scene of at the end of the show, they they play the whole number that that they did, and this is directed by like Tony Award-winning people. Like this is legit Broadway, and and I remember I remember seeing that and going, this is actually really good. Like it's it's campy, and that's fine. Like it's if you're going to supposed do, to be, yeah. If you're going to do a musical about a comic book, it's got to be a little bit campy. Yeah. Um, and then news comes out that like, I want to say two weeks ago, not even that a one act Rogers, the musical is coming to Disneyland. And so they are going to put on a Marvel musical, so to speak. And, but it kind of leads me to this, Chris, if they were to do another comic book hero musical, and this is not just Marvel, any comic Mm -hmm. book hero, who would you want to see? Um, oh God, I think for it to be successful, you need to pick a major name. I would go with Superman is probably who you should pick. There is, I think, a Superman musical or play that exists, Um, but it would have to, I think it has to be someone who can stand pretty much alone. Not that Mm -hmm. Spider-Man can't, but I think at this point, if you take anyone out of the Marvel universe, it feels a little weird. Because even yeah. in Rogers the Musical, like all the Avengers show up. Yeah, and so, he, and the and the joke in the show is that Ant Man's in the battle in New York, and he was not involved. <laughs> yeah. So like, I would say I would maybe lean towards Superman, maybe Batman, but I agree with it needing to be campy, and I don't think you can pull off Batman campy. I mean, you can, but I mean, Adam West Batman campy, you can, but and I mean, um, like, there is a the Star Kids. The people who did Harry Potter musical did a, a Batman musical 
a Batman parody musical that I've heard good things about, but I don't know enough about the Batman universe to to watch it and understand um, if it's yeah. good or not. But um, I would say, first off, no matter who you do, you need to create a villain that's specific to the musical. You can't use Green Goblin or Lex Luthor or Joker or, you know, Thanos. It has to be an original villain and an original story because if you bring people in to see a musical adaptation of the story of Spider-Man's origins – this will happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think though there are some, I, there are some that lend itself to a musical. I'm looking at my poster right now and like seeing. Okay, what? I I think part of it is like technically Guardians of the Galaxy because of how heavily music plays an influence in that story. Like yeah, you could you could see that. But I, I guess what I'm getting down to is I'm like okay, like for what Rogers the musical is going to be for Disneyland, that makes sense. Like that's not going to Broadway. That's yeah. not going to be like, that's, that's a show you can see in a theme park. So I like, but I'm, I'm looking at like, okay, you could do a fantastic four musical, except I don't like, why would I go see that? I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think this is just a weird mashup of genres that just doesn't work. It, Correct. It just, it, I agree. It, it just, it just doesn't work. I'm a huge comic book fan. I mean, I it, I would, I, I would, I love to consume comic book things. I'm not sure I would want to consume this. Like if they came out today and said, "All right, we are producing a uh, Hulk musical for Broadway," I would go, "Cool, I guess." I, I don't. I'm not like yeah, rushing no, I, to get my tickets for that. Well, no, especially because like that world is so well fleshed out in television and film. Like, why would I go do that? I, I, I don't, I don't know. I just like even if even if Andrew Lloyd Webber were to say, "All right, I'm writing a, I'm writing a X Men musical," <laughs> just I just don't I just don't think it gels that well. No, I agree. I don't think it's a. Um a genre that we need to, to re pair together. So I think we've kind of answered this question. Like, should this come back? Absolutely. And I, I think that just performances of a freak like me needs company in full costume. I think what they're doing, I think Rogers, the musical could happen. Yeah. On Broadway in Disney parks, like 30 minute to one hour, like park show musicals that they can do. And they should do. It's a, it's great. Can't be entertainment. And that's it. Yeah, I, I don't think they need. Well, and and here's the thing: Disney already has plenty of fodder for dominating the Broadway scene. I mean, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, two powerhouses on Broadway. It, really, any of of your classic musical stories. I mean, Frozen is a is a huge Broadway hit. Mary Poppins is a great Broadway hit. Like, yeah. They don't need it's not like they're lacking in this and they're like, oh, well, let's try to do something different. Like they, no. they just need to keep retooling their musicals, their musical movies into musical. I mean, when when do you think we're going to see Moana on Broadway? I'm assuming it's probably someone's probably developing that because it, that would be a really fun set piece thing that you could do. Um, like I want to see an onstage Tamatoa. It took them um, far too long uh, to do Hercules, in my opinion. 
Because yeah. that's a great soundtrack. Like Hercules would be good. I mean, well, no, Hercules is on Broadway now, or it's going. It is, it, oh, it's oh, wonderful! I didn't know that. Um, good for them. But uh, like, so I, I don't like feel like it would be like them doing a Star Wars musical. I'm like, why? Why? Who? Who is? Who is asking for this? <laughs> no one is. So Green Goblin, where can they find us? All right, folks. Oh, this podcast was pretty easy to break into. You can find these guys at discontinuedondisplay at gmail.com. Send them an email. Uh, you can follow them on their social medias. Tweet at them at discontinuedpod. Or Instagram, where I also hang out, right? Uh, yeah, it's most of my pics. Uh, oh, at discontinuedondisplay. <clears throat> As always, rating and review, five stars, five stars. Uh, one less star than my sinister six of all the people that you know and love. All right. Uh, let's see. What else am I forgetting? I don't know, but I'm loving talking in this voice. Um, the website. Go to the web. Did you say go to the oh, website? Oh, yes. Sorcerernetwork.com. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? If you're planning, I'm going to give my friend Casey Woolley a shout out. If you're planning a Disney vacation or a Universal vacation, go to CaseyWoolley.com. You're not going to regret all the money that you'll save. You know, uh, when I plan my trips to the Disney parks, oh, Casey's going to love this. Uh, (laughs) When I plan my trips to the Disney parks, I go with Casey Woolley because he keeps me a $75 million man, not a $65 million man. So yes, go to CaseyWoolley.com. Yeah. I didn't know Casey uh, went into travel coordinating. Yes, he's a travel coordinator. Good for uh, him. He, he, yes, he, he's an he's a earmarked agency with Main Street and more. You absolutely should go check him out if you're planning a Disney vacation. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us. I'm going to swing on out of here before I have to listen to more of this impression. Oh, I gotta go grab my piano on top of the Chrysler building. I forgot it. Bye, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.